welcome to day 45 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with Katie Kresge and Matt Kresge. We continue reading through the Gospel of Luke. We find ourselves in the week leading up to the cross. We're in the city of Jerusalem where Jesus is ridden into the city as king, and he's been rejected by the rulers and the teachers of the law. As he predicted on many occasions, he would be, and he is about to uh, be crucified. Uh, we find him in one of the most lonely moments in, in, in the Gospels uh, as he goes to the Mount of Olives and prays to the Heavenly Father, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, you know, take it from me, but nevertheless, not my will, but yours will be done. And then we find him on trial before the Sanhedrin and before you know, Pilate and before Herod. The disciples have abandoned them. And not only have they abandoned them, but one of his closest disciples actually, mm-hmm. actually, denies even knowing him. So we pick up in uh, Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Before we do, let's offer ourselves in this moment to the Lord. Katie, do you mind leading us in prayer? Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for revealing yourself to us through your word. What a gift that is to us. And, um, And revealing yourself also through your son, what a wonderful um, image of your glory and of your grace toward us. Um, and so as we read about his last moments um, before he died on our behalf, God, would you continue to reveal your heart to us um, and continue to, sh- to shape us and change us into the likeness of your Son through your Holy Spirit. We desperately need your presence with us. And as we read and meditate on your word, um, we definitely need your presence um, with us there because otherwise it's words on a page. So would you be with us now as we read together? It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives and his disciples followed him. On reaching the place, he said to them, pray that you will not fall into temptation withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me, yet not in my will, but yours be done. An angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he rose from prayer and went back to the disciples, he found them asleep, exhausted from sorrow. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. While he was still speaking, a crowd came up, and the man who was called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. He approached Jesus to kiss him, but Jesus asked, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When Jesus' followers saw what, he was, what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. Then Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, and the elders who had come for him, Am I leading a rebellion that you've come with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts, and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. Then seizing him, they led him away and took him to the house of the high priest. Peter followed at a distance. And when some there had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. Servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, This man was with him, but he denied it. Woman, I don't know him, he said. 
a little later, someone else saw him and said, you also are one of them. Man, I'm not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with him for he was a Galilean. Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. Just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. The Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to them. The day break the council of the elders of the people, both the chief priests and the teachers of the law met together and Jesus was led before them. If you are the Messiah, they said, tell us. Jesus answered, If I tell you, you will not believe me, and if you, if I ask you, you would not answer me. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. They all asked, Are you the Son of God? He replied, You say that I am. Then they said, Why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his whole own lips. We find Jesus in the garden, and, and for me, that's one of the heaviest moments in Scripture. Mm-hmm. It's easy for us to, you know, think because He was who He was, because He is everything that God is. Uh, you know that He would, you know, walk into the garden and just kind of with a stiff upper lip, take whatever's coming, mm-hmm. just kind of let it bounce off of Him, and it, it it grabs Him in a deep emotional level. You know, the cross affects Him in a deep emotional level. He felt every pang of the cross as surely as we feel pain, uh, because He's not only everything that God is; He's everything that we are, mm-hmm. and, and we see the humanity, you know, of Christ on display uh, here in the garden uh, more than any other place. Mm. Man, I immediately think back of to the kind of the initial scene in the garden where we find Adam and Eve, you know, and rather than obeying God, we see them fall into temptation. And here in, in kind of this contrast where Jesus, where Adam and Eve failed in the garden, you see Jesus, you know, victorious in the garden where he reminds his disciples, you know, pray that you will not fall into temptation. And what, what do they do? They, they fall asleep. That's right. But Jesus is before the Father you know, on his knees, pleading with the Father, and, and even in that moment saying, you know, if there's another way, you know, let this cup pass, remove this cup. He says, but nevertheless, your will be done. You know, my, not my will, but your will be done. And, and I, I just think those images of the first, you know, Adam and Eve failing in the garden and Jesus victorious in the garden um, is really just kind of this beautiful contrast. Yeah. With, with the bookends of the disciples failing in the garden. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, we think, uh, all we really need is just one more chance. Uh, but uh, in our brokenness and in our frailty, we, we don't need one more chance. We, we need a Savior. We, yeah. we need someone who is faithful on our behalf. And we see Jesus uh, being faithful on our, on our behalf. And, of course, that's a, a great prayer. These, these are prayers that you know, we, we probably don't pray a lot. That's the part of the Lord's Prayer that we've probably left out. You know, lead us not in, into temptation. You know, we, we don't think ahead about the treacheries of the day and the possibilities of failing and ask for God's, you know, protection. We kind of react after we've fallen, you know, with prayers of confession, which are a, a wonderful gift. But in this moment, he said, this is going to be hard, guys. So pray that you're, you're not falling into temptation. Yeah. yeah. And it says they're exhausted from sorrow. Do you think that they're sorrowful because they know what's about to happen or they just feel that he's about to be taken away from them because I feel like so often the disciples are kind of clueless about 
what's happening and he even speaks plainly to them but you know it it says they're exhausted from sorrow do you think that they know what's about to happen you know the word sorrow could be translated in a a couple of different in other words they're experiencing great emotion and and i agree with you uh it's not likely that they're completely capturing what's about to happen Mm -hmm. but what is likely is they see how heavy this moment is on the Lord's heart, mm-hmm. and they realize that something heavy is coming as well. And maybe vaguely some of these images are beginning to come together. You know, this, this looks real. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and, I mean, verse 44, and being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Yeah, I, I just wish we could have had some of those words recorded, you know, that they're watching. I mean, you know, they, they would have seen this moment as Jesus – not only has, has prepared them for, hey, the end of all things is coming. You know, you see, we talked about that um, a few days ago. And then to just see this kind of Last Supper moment where they're still trying to figure out what in the world is happening. You know, then to see their Lord in the garden in anguish, you know, a heavy moment. Yep. But it, going back to the Lord's Prayer, I mean, he prayed more earnestly. I, I would have loved to, was it loud? You know, was it persistent? Like, what was he, what was he praying for? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The writer of Hebrews tells us with great cries of anguish, yeah. he prayed for us. Uh, but, uh, you know, as much as we'd like to have heard much, many more of Jesus' prayer, this is the most significant one. And this is truly, you know, this really is the Lord's prayer. Mm. You know, Father, if you're willing, you know, take this cup from me. Yeah, not, not what I want, but yeah. what you want. And what a, this is the example of discipleship that we've seen from the very beginning. If any of you come after me, you must deny yourself and take up your cross and, and follow me. For whoever wants to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. And you see Jesus uh, here offering up his life. Yeah. Mm. The I mean, the next scene, right, where Jesus is arrested, that's always, to me, just a it would have been such a fascinating scene to be at and, and really probably a surreal moment for the disciples as you watch Judas walk up, you know, and give Jesus a kiss. Yeah, you know, and I mean I just imagine in that moment Peter's probably ready to just like, let's go Judas, you know, like <laughs> Peter's reckless, he's ready to do whatever. But just to watch Jesus, you know, friend I mean call him friend, mm-hmm. you know, do what you've come here to do in that moment just the compassion and the tenderness of jesus even towards judas and the people who are there yeah. to do what they've come to do is always striking to me and the sad irony that he is you know he is not only betrayed by a, a brother but betrayed with a sign of brotherhood yeah um you know in tenderness and, and affection so it's it's a double mockery you know at, at that point and a you have you have uh, the disciples ready to pull their swords, which is which is kind of fun. Yeah, uh, we were talking before we started recording that you know just yesterday, you guys read about how Jesus told them to, if you don't have a sword, sell your cloak and get a sword because you're going to need it. And so then we have this moment where I just picture the just just it reminds me of their humanity, but I just picture them saying, "Is this that moment? Like, is this when? Is this why Jesus wanted us to have a sword?" And of course, Peter um, doesn't just think he he does right, so he cuts off the servants. The high priest servant's ear and Jesus. Not just him. his ear, but his right ear. You can have. Oh. You have to love the uh, 
you have to love the uh, detail of Luke. Yeah. Cut off his right ear. That's true. And Jesus said, oh, that's enough. And uh, just <laughs> reaches, reaches up, you know, yeah. reaches up and heals, heals his. And even when he said, you know, just sell your cloak and buy my sword, they said, we've, we've got two. Yeah. So we're not, they're about, they're ready to take on the entire temple guard with uh, two, two probably second rate swords, you know, there. <laughs> and, uh, maybe we got, and even Jesus said that that's enough, mm-hmm. you know, with all the sword talk uh, when we did that. But, you know, his appeal also, you know, the irony, his appeal to those who came after him, he said, I've been teaching every day. You know, why didn't you cuff me then, you know, and and, and walk me off? And and that last phrase, you know, is is a really important phrase. Uh, You didn't lay hand on me, you know, in public like you would, you know, if this was really, you know, if there was really something you had against Mm -hmm. me, Mm -hmm. you would have come in public and you would have done everything in public. This is your hour when, when darkness reigns, and you have the darkness of the night, the night yeah. as, as a cover for their... Uh, I was thinking about that yeah. this morning, um, just thinking how these people thought they were doing the work of the Lord um, by arresting him. They thought they were fighting for God because this man was a blasphemer, and yet they w- weren't wa- walking in... Um, in the way of the Lord, they were in fact working for Satan. Um, and because when darkness reigns, I mean, it sounds like he's pointing out that they're they're being evil uh, at this mm-hmm. point. So it's just a little ironic. And, and you know, unfortunately, Katie, I I even doubt their sincerity of mm-hmm. you know we're you know doing this for the Lord. Mm-hmm. They uh, we already learned that they love the opinion of men more than the opinion of God. Uh, they're doing this, you know, largely for themselves, mm. uh, rejecting Jesus in order to establish their own kingdom. And there ought to be a little, you know, familiar thread for for most of us. There, we, we do this too. Mm-hmm. You know, we 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 betray, we deny, and we reject. Uh, all of these are part of who we are, you know, as as disciples as, as well. Mm-hmm. And it's because we want to build our own kingdoms, and you know. Rather than you know, gladly accept the king and gladly accept you know his kingdom, mm-hmm. and then of course you have Peter's Peter's you know denial you know from one moment to I, I'll go with you you know to the you know to death and even to prison, and you know first it's just a servant girl saying I, I think you're one of them, <laughs> and uh, no I'm not, mm-hmm. and then someone else, and then finally you have to love this if you're uh, you know from Texas or South Texas. Uh, his accent gave him away. Uh, <laughs> just by your, we know you're Galilean. I mean, the way you dress, the way you talk, yeah. you know, we know you're not from here. You're one of them, and he he denies them. And this had to be oh, such a hard moment somehow from the courtyard to where Jesus was. There was a place for eye contact to take place. And Jesus turns to him. There's a deliberate you know, sense of... Jesus knowing what had just happened, mm-hmm. Peter knowing what had just happened, and just, oh, that look must have melted him. Just mm-hmm. complete and utter exposure of his heart and and his sin, you know, and to, to be exposed um, and seen by your, your rabbi, you know, and you have just denied him. As he said, you would. I don't know. It's just I can't imagine. And you see that he wept bitterly outside. I can't imagine 
that feeling. Well, I probably can because I've been exposed, you know, by my Savior too. Um, and it's it's humiliating. And, yeah. Um, so thankful for the grace of Jesus, yeah. you know, and not just that exposure, but that he he covers Peter. And I love um, just thinking back on when when Jesus tells Peter that he's going to deny him. And he says, I am praying that he, God will strengthen you after that happens. And he does. Mm. We see that he does. Mm-hmm. And then you see the guards, you know, beating him, mm-hmm. blindfolding him and beating him and saying, you know, prophesy who, was, you know, who it was when he could have said, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, he yeah. could have called out any 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 name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I love the way Luke crafts this because he puts it right after, you know, the scene where Peter does deny Jesus three times, but it's, Jesus had prophesied that, mm-hmm. you know, and, and so you have kind of this ironic moment here where Peter sees, I mean, he knows Jesus is, again, that prophet, you know, par excellence, who is able to prophesy, and yet you have the guards beating and mocking Jesus, prophesy, who hit you? I mean, Jesus could do it and if he wanted to. But the prophecy also had a word of hope in it. Mm-hmm. You know, not only, you know, will you deny me three times, but when you're restored, yeah, uh, immediately talks about restoration, which would be a very important part of the story here that uh, Judas will never realize, but Peter, you know, will realize. Mm. Yeah. Matt, why don't you uh, close this out yeah. with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for both the, the comfort and the encouragement and the conviction that we, we see in um, in your scripture, God, we are um, reminded even now as, as we read um, of the heart of Jesus, uh, both for you and, and for us, um, we read of the atrocities and the evils um, that Jesus endured on our behalf. And, and Father, we um, find ourselves so much more like Peter than we ever want to admit. And, and so, Father, would you continue to to sustain us, to to safeguard us, to protect us. We thank you for the grace that we do have in Christ Jesus. We thank you that while we fell, um, and we would have failed in the garden, Jesus succeeded. And and so, Father, we um, look forward in, in hope um, and in confidence that, that we have um, much grace in, in Christ. And so, God, would you give us that comfort today? Uh, thank you for your word. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.